down here. Okay. This is going to be like 30 minutes, right? Probably like a 30 minute to an hour podcast. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. When the sun goes down. I want to take a moment to talk about the fashion of this movie. Another world comes to life. <laughs> Let's go for a little ride. I did forget how much rock and roll was in this music. It's very much like 90s. This is yours, but if you win, you get her too. <laughs> what the hell was that all about? A business deal that went sour. Plus, I made the mistake of sleeping with his sister. We never meet the sister. Maybe she's in Tokyo Drift. Actually, she probably is. She probably totally is. This is a good franchise for stunt drivers. Loyalties must be broken. Do it fast. <laughs> and furious. It's the rock rap of the early 2000s. Oh, what a little time capsule. That was a good stunt. That was a really good stunt, actually. Especially with somebody under... Barrel roll over another car. Yeah. Okay, so, Alberto, welcome. We just... Uh, welcome to the Fast and Furious reaction pod. This is the first of what's going to be... Six more, seven more. We got a we got a whole franchise to go through, girl. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm getting ready to buckle in. Yeah, see what I did there. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies. None of the franchise. M- maybe have seen most of the ads, but so uh, yeah, this is a this is a wild ride already. Was a, I was I was very heavily disappointed that you've never seen any of these. Uh, Fast and Furious 2001, starring Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. I saw it in theaters by myself wow. when it first came out. I think it's the first movie I saw by myself in the thin, in the theater, and I sat front row. I think. Wow. It was at uh, the Queen um, Scotiabank Plaza. What's it called now? Paramount. Mm. Uh, down in Toronto, and uh, yeah, front row, big thing of popcorn. Fucking love the shit so out of this how, movie. So how old were you? I was in like grade nine or ten. Okay, I'm pretty sure I was in in grade like eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2001 would have been grade eight for me. Um, I don't know if I was like, uh, what what is it rated again? I don't know if I would have would have been able to get in the theater. PG thirteen. Oh no, I would have. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I just it, I didn't have a lot of interest in cars, surprisingly, as a as a young. I still don't have a license. <laughs> so yeah, you don't need to you don't need to drive to watch and love the Fast and the Furious. That being said, I haven't seen the movie since I watched it in the cinema. And uh, how was that for you? How was how was last night's revisit for you? It was surprising how dated and bad it felt. Because I have watched the other ones. I'm I'm the one here who's watched basically all of them. I think I, I haven't watched all of them, all of them. But I've seen them all about once, except for Tokyo Drift, which is going to be fun for both of us. Um, but no, it was it was B. It was like a very B film. Like the the script was really <laughs> janky, to say the best. 
I still not 100% sure what the plot is, to be honest. Other than, like, a poor man's Point Break. And Point Break is, like, a pretty great movie. And, like, and not even in, like, a bad, good way. But, like, it's a pretty, like... Like, it's just got these moments that are just... Mwah, and they, like, tried to really recreate that in this movie with this, like, mm-hmm. weird, like, undercover cop moment. Um... But there's just like halfway through. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it. <laughs> haven't at seen one moment, he just starts telling people he's an undercover cop, and I'm like, "You're That's a great. really bad police officer. Like, really, really bad. You're like not only bad as we've watched you kind of go through this, and you've tried to like blame other people for your terrible <laughs> copiness, but like at just one moment, you just start like being like, I'm super good friends with them, so I'm just gonna tell them all I'm an undercover cop, and I'm like, dude, this is how you get murdered as an undercover cop, or like. This is not even interesting for the story or the plot line at this point, other than like, oh my god, he was a cop. But the it's whole all time. about the loyalty because he 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 actually gets a loyalty towards Dom Toretto, played by Vin Diesel, and so by telling him he's a cop, he's like, look, I respect you so much that I'm not I'm going to drop my cover so that we can get this ambulance here to save this guy. Like, yeah, he doesn't really <laughs> tell him though. He's all like, "P.S. I'm a cop. I'm gonna call it in now." He's just like on the phone and drops his full Such like officer name. Vin just stared at him angrily. It's just this like he just stands up and just stares at him. He's like, "Call it in a. We need a copter or whatever." And then also, then he tells his mad. sister first because he's like obviously in love with his sister after spending like you know maybe a total of two entire like forty eight hours with her. Well, there was weeks. They did have a line when he's first ordering the tuna. And she's like, you've come in here like every day for the past three weeks ordering the tuna. And like, it's not any better. So like we've established that he's been trying to. Right. But also like he's also trying to do that because he's an undercover cop and trying to get in this. Like he wasn't doing Mm -hmm. it because he, he wasn't going to get tuna because he was like liking this girl. That was kind of a bonus. He was going there to try and get in with Dom. Or, like, kind of observe them. And then all of a sudden, they're, like, dating. And then all of a sudden, they're, like, sleeping together once, maybe? I don't know. Don't even remember. Um, Yeah, they're, like, also, he lives in a garage. Anyway, you know, move... Girl, you can do better. What no, he doing? doesn't live in a garage. That garage, remember when they had the dinner in the backyard? That's mm-hmm. the backyard of the house. The garage is next to that house where Dom lives. In, like, the valley in L.A. I thought it was the other garage... Oh, so they were just like there was just like the communal garage. Oh, wait a minute! You mean like the big one that because they they, work they at? had sex and then then like they woke up, but they were like in the office of the garage that has like a bed in it, which was confusing. You mean to the me. like the garage that he works at? I think so. Because he th- works at a garage, right? It, it was very unclear because the script is again very janky. It's awesome. It's he's this undercover cop who gets a job working at a. At a shitty cop, and he knows like, so shop. much about cars, which is like also very surprising to me. And I was like, dude, you're like what, like 24, 25, or you're supposed to be 24, 25. That was actually one of the funniest things at the end was when like the big guy who hates him the whole time was like, he's a cop, he's a cop. Um, was it Chad Lindbergh who no. plays Jesse? Rick Yoon. No. Johnny, Johnny Strong. Strong, who plays Leon. That's him, right? No, no, Vince. No. Was it one oh, of the no. guys, one of the crew one dudes? One of the meathead guy. Um, but he's like, he's a cop the whole time. And then at the very end, he's like hurt, and he, and uh, we call in the cops uh, to save his life. And he's like, I have a man. He's twenty four years old. And I was like, holy shit! Like, I don't know anyone who is like that beefy at twenty four and looked like a thirty year old. That like, guy looked so jacked, and like he's supposed to be twenty four. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think they grow different down I there. I mean, they're all they're all jacked. I mean, Vin Diesel's <laughs> wandering around in a tiny white t-shirt the entire time. And even like also like let's just let's take a moment to respect the amazing like early 2000s fashion that was in this with mm. like all of the girls in like the tiniest little shorter skirts with like their little heels and they're like Platform very shoes. strappy like top like very glitter, very like mm-hmm. metallic mm-hmm. um I forgot about that moment, and I'm so happy that I got to re-experience the fashions of the early 2000s through this movie. That was probably my favorite experience. Also, Vin Diesel, this is this was just the beginning. And Vin Diesel is very hot in this movie. We got to appreciate that. Like, it it gets. I think they get more uh, good at doing this as the series goes on. But this is the beginning of it, and I I noticed it a lot more than in the last times I'd seen the movies. Uh, of, of course, when The Rock comes, it's a whole different story, but Vin Diesel's a short man, and they make, Toretto, they make Toretto very, very beefcake-y, but the thing is, Vin Diesel himself, I think, is 5'6", uh, something like this. Um, let's see if we can do like a quick... You gotta fill the space there. Interesting. Um... Yeah, I couldn't even tell he was that short on most of the most of the shots, which is also very interesting because I'm wondering if they maybe put him in platform shoes like they did with Robert De Niro in the... Was it Robert De Niro? Yeah, it was Robert De Niro in The Irishman. Remember there was like those stills that came out where he was like wearing those platform shoes so he could be like tall enough to look to be like I guess in frame? Oh wow, they're actually saying he's six feet according to the internet, so that's very different... Hmm. No. Oh well. Is he is he I six feet or is he five foot five? We can't tell. We don't know. It's a mystery. Uh, starsunfolded.com, which has never wow. done me wrong, says he's <laughs> five, five foot, five foot eleven inches. What? They just did five feet twice. Yeah. Okay, this is exciting to listen to. Is it um, typo? Who but knows? I know that. I know that what happens. So Vin Diesel's anywhere between five foot five and six, which is you know totally fair. Um, <laughs> he's he's wider than he is taller. Maybe I don't know. He's just a very beefy guy in this movie. He's an interesting height, but I, I think it becomes a big deal when the Rock enters the scene because the oh, Rock is absolutely huge. That's very true. Um, it looks like Vin Diesel might be a solid six. I mean, he was a um, he was a before he became an actor. He was a bouncer. Oh, interesting. He also seems to always be wearing really like heavy shoes, like heavy soled shoes. To make him a little bit um, bigger, yeah. Yeah, also very much the style of the time, either like like those big chunky boots, that's like very much yeah. what's up. Um even with the ladies, even with the ladies are wearing those oh, those those platform flip flops. Do you guys remember those? That was Top I, f- notch. I forgot about those. They're they're great. Um also, so much midriff. That was a big thing back then. A lot of midriff. Also, a good thing was, a good point you, you, you pointed out was, I think, one of the few films Michelle Rodriguez is very much a straight character. Mm-hmm. And when I was in grade nine or ten, I think that whole movie was a bit of a sexual awakening. Um, and that's, uh, I think I saw more for that than the cars. Why. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm watching it, Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel, I have to say, that's uh, it was pretty stagnant chemistry. 
yeah, I did not understand that relationship. It took me for a while to Very figure out weird. that they were together, and then they would. There was like that awkward sex scene, and it was like you guys yeah, are just showing awkward. how buff you are. I'm very confused. It was because like they're two badasses, and the two badasses deserve each other, and like they're like only she's badass, so like she's the only woman who like can handle his shit, and he's such a badass that he's the only guy who can handle her badassness. I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, they weren't successful in pulling that off, I don't think. Yeah. Because the weird part is, is she has like this weird moment where she gets like jealous of him and then also like yeah. this weird moment where um, she's like this kind of like badass woman, but then she's kind of like waiting for him to come home and is like pining after him after they like him and him and Paul Walker like go and, and get get chased by the cops and everyone is back at the house partying and she's just like waiting for him to come back. And I was like, dude, you're yeah, why is better he here? than this. Why is he here? Because he came and got me. Right? That that was a badass line. He kept me out of ch- he kept he, me out of cuffs or something. Yeah, he he came and got me. It's just very weird because he's like, <laughs> Yes, we're all friends from the olden days. And I was like, Your friends kind of suck, man. <laughs> like, like it's also kind of like, yeah, we're this like crew of people and all this stuff, but like it doesn't never seem like anybody really has each other's back except maybe that's for why vin's wanting a new friend i mean dominic toretto is so fast to take this guy this new friend and like tell him about his past and tell him about the time when he beat the f- like the shit out of uh the man who was racing and got his dad killed he, like spoiler he told him all these like very which of course you gotta you gotta appreciate the writing they're like he he got he took this guy's face with a fire with a tire iron this guy's no even keeled whatever like the cops are kind of showing off like this like bad stitches the, the photo with the guy's face all stitched up but also like the you didn't even scene, do your research cops yeah like, but you're literally terrible cops literally the next scene dom's like oh yeah that guy i beat his face in because he killed my father on the racetrack and you're like oh he's he's actually totally stable and then like two scenes later he's like pulled away from some dude for yelling at him in the middle of the street like he does get angry someone someone threatens him or something like that and he gets like very bad but no i think i think he was i think he wanted a friend i think he wanted a i think you're right he doesn't you pointed at something like they've all known each other their whole lives and they have cars but obviously dom still feels like he's missing someone he can really uh you know, talk to because as soon as um, Brian O'Connor, <laughs> played by Paul Walker, shows up, uh, Dominic Toretto's telling him his whole fucking life story and all his secrets and uh, really a confiding in him. Part of me was shipping them the entire time, like mm. where like part of me just like wanted like Vin Diesel and Paul Walker to just be like we're together now and like ride off into the sunset. I think if this movie were to be remade, I think they would go there. I think they I think I think the way it would be is Michelle Rodriguez is Vin Diesel's beard. <laughs> I'm so here for that remake. So that like, you know, cuz she like neither of them can kind of come out on the mean streets of uh, the drag racing scene. So they hide their kind of sexuality by dating each other, but then they can secretly date whoever they want on the on the side. And that would be the kind of like kind of side plot where it's like she's kind of jealous or she doesn't like Paul Walker, but like actually she's worried that Paul Walker's gonna like out uh, Dominique Toretto. But like Dom, Dom and I would watch. Dom and Paul Walker, like they're kind of like getting into a relationship and liking each other, which is why he's willing to kind of uh, admit that he's a cop to Dom because he's like falling for him. See, that's that's a right? way cuter story to me. I mean, like 
it's unfortunate because Paul Walker has now passed away, but um, yeah. I would rewatch that. I would rewatch that very hard because I also just like love bro love. Like buddy cop movies are like one of my favorite, like especially when there's like weird kind of like homoerotic tension between men where I'm like, maybe, <laughs> maybe not. Like I'm, I'm here for that. Like that's one of my favorite. Like if the writing is really good, like I'm very much here for that type of chemistry. I think it'd be, I actually, like now that I say it, I, don't, I still don't think they would make a movie these days because like to mix the racing and like babes and guns and cars and then throw in extremely sincere gay relationship between the cop and the and the main bad guy i think i think hollywood is too scared i don't know point break did that. it pretty well but they didn't have like an actual relationship in point break yeah but they were kind of sharing a woman on the side like they sharing a woman well there was so there was the love interest there and they were like i think they used to be a couple or something the and short-haired woman the short-haired yeah. woman from free willy yeah. don't remember her name but she's amazing she always got aging ourselves yeah. um but I, I, well, I like if i remember correctly and we haven't watched this movie for a long time but i thought she was used to be in a relationship with um patrick swayze and then like she kind of starts to fall for keanu reeves or whatever and there's like a whole like other thing there where i was like yeah it's cool like we used to sleep together and now we don't and like it's cool that you're sleeping with keanu mm. um but also like they just had like a really good bromance like they had they pulled off that bromance in a way that like i think like is probably one of the best bromances of cinema history well there's also like i mean there's this whole other level that they didn't have here when point break which is like um what's his face uh roadhouse what's his face uh kurt russell is that it i don't know is it kurt russell who's for some reason i was thinking of someone else um was it kurt russell who I, i'm like only 60 percent sure of that i don't think i it's think kurt i mean we have imbd right now so we can definitely find that out for you guys so it's not burning sure in your questioning memory patrick swayze well. yeah that's what i was it's patrick swayze it's not kurt russell oh, okay well that was okay because i said patrick swayze and then i was like oh maybe i'm wrong no, yeah, Bodhi. Yeah, the thing about the thing about Bodhi is that he's this like very namaste kind of guy. He's got this whole like philosophy part to it. And even watching it today, like the philosophy still kind of like resonates. It's mm -hmm. like an alt philosophy that can go either left or right depending on like how you hear it. Like you could be like, yeah, he's coming from the right side or he's coming from the left side, but it's all like counter system and counter capitalist and like anti stuff. Um, and that's something that they didn't have with Fast and Furious is like, uh, Laura, Lori Petty was the, yes. the woman, um, in Point Break, like they're surfers who then rob banks, right? right? So they have this like surf vibe to them and they're like the kind of extreme side of them. And we, you know, they have that awesome, like, what is it? Uh, jumping out of the plane at the end, skydiving, sky um, Fast and Furious, they're guys who race, who also, <laughs> uh, Jack trucks by racing like I, it's my favorite part about the fast and furious franchise and you're just at the beginning of it because they they double down every movie what no they continue with this they oh. double down like so we just started where they're like a bunch of street racers they just happen to be doing this like on the side robbing some trucks but as it goes on everything just turns into more and more extreme and know. every answer is involves racing hot rotted cars 
I'm kind of here for the racing. Like that's fine, whatever. It's a good, it's a good franchise for stunt drivers. I'm here for that. Their stunt work was pretty great in this movie. I'm not, I'm not like a stunt nerd, but I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Like, and also like it's nice to see stuff that's done in real life versus like CGI. So that was really exciting to see. But I'm off, like, I'm just confused. I'm confused for a number of reasons. Because first of all, you're ripping off trucks. And you're doing it in a way where you must do it while they were moving down the highway and then like tranquilize the truckers. And then the cops don't seem to be concerned. I mean, they're like semi-concerned that like, you know, <laughs> the truck drivers are arming themselves and possibly like taking shotguns to like robbers, <laughs> but not like concerned enough to make sure that that's not happening. So very confused about that. In it And also you have this like other gang it's like the eight the quote-unquote asian gang yeah um are literally running around with mach- like like automatic rifles on yeah, those are like submachine guns yeah on bikes but also they like arrested them and then like let them go but like don't seem concerned about that they're like well they're innocent because they're not part of our like you know ripping off uh semi trucks so like well it'll be fine and i'm like but they're running around and just like shooting up that was when that was actually the scene when we saw Dominic Toretto also loses his shit where he's like, I'm actually a cool guy. I only beat up that guy because because he like killed my dad. But then as soon as um, as soon as he gets called out for being a narc, right, by. Um, who is it? Danny Yamato, Danny Yamato or whatever. Right. It's like you narked on me and Dom goes absolutely ape shit. I never knocked on anybody. And they have to do like five guys have to hold him back. He's like going to destroy. <laughs> you don't you don't say Toretto's a narc because uh, he gets very mad at that accusation. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I, I don't under like there's just I feel like there's just a lack of consistency of like I don't st- I still don't understand who this character is and what their character trait is are they really cool and chill and they only have a reason to get upset for like very specific and make I guess it makes sense though because he was in jail and if you get narked in jail like if you're a narc yeah, in they're, jail they're criminals right criminals are hot but are they <laughs> no <laughs> uh, but you have to no they definitely are criminals because they're street racers which is illegal and they also rob these trucks um the, oh, no, as only, it goes on, we're only dis- Toretto robs the truck. No, him and his whole crew. Like they had a crew. Yeah, of but like their crew. Of, yeah. But then the weird part is, is like there's this whole underground like op like race scene. Race scene, but also like like the Asian crew is going around and just like killing other people, and then you have like the well, the, the Mexican gr- group. They did that's race like, wars, right? Which is I have there's layers of feelings about that too. And one of the best parts of race wars is that like the way that Hollywood scripts work is that you're just like literally driving around the parking lot in your car yelling at people and then like getting into a, a drag race. Like, cause it's like, Hey you, you want to race? All right. You're, you're on. And like they're in the cars. They're not just like, and like, so the way that they cut it is like, as soon as they say you're going to race, all of a sudden you're at the s- start line of the race. Like they, they just kind of like, I like how they move forward and like cut out the, that's because they can't write a movie and they can't. It's great. No, they just like, they cut through the like, okay, but now we have to line up and now we have to like get to the start. Like, no, 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 we're moving right ahead, right ahead. We want to race, you want to race. But here's the question. We watched the one race where the where the dumb kid bet his dad's car. Yeah. Which I guess we missed the setup for that. Um, I don't think there was a setup. Oh, they're just like, honest. oh, by the way, that's your dad's car. What happens when he gets out of jail? Because they're all criminals. Right. But this was literally the first time they had mentioned this, that like his dad was in jail and his dad had a car. Like, it's a hey, whole, you're yeah. smart. You should be an MIT or something. Yeah, but I got that attention, whatever it's called. <laughs> he had to drop out of school because so he wasn't smart. Because or... American school systems don't appreciate people with attention deficit disorder. 
Screw you. I mean, it was 2001, so I feel like it was one of those things that was really, like, coming up in terms of, like, discussion and, like, understanding what that is and, like, how to accommodate that. Here's a, here's a rewrite. If you want to make it really weird and way more poignant, have it be that, like, yeah, he has that, whatever, it doesn't even matter. Have it just be that he's, like, a poor white kid from L.A. who has a criminal background and he's, like, super... Well, this might be a bit too, like, socially poignant but that he's like he he didn't get a, a scholarship or anything to get to good university and he has a criminal record and he blames like uh, affirmative action or something like that because he's just like a poor white kid oh yeah i don't know right and then he I becomes like know. a really problematic character but this thing is they're all problematic <laughs> so many layers it's also weird too because like every little group is like divided along racial lines like you have the Mexicans and then you have the Asians and then you have yeah, like the African Americans and then you have like the white guys who are all like these poor. No wait, but then there's also Michelle Rodriguez and Vin Diesel's sister and well, because Vin Diesel's yeah. ethnically ambiguous, right? Right, and then you have like the ethnically ambiguous group. I guess I don't yeah. know. Vin Diesel and his group is supposed to be like the elite group, which is why they have Ja Rule, right? Or no, Ja Rule's, ja Rule's not, in, not in their group. He's like associated with their group and they're like, yeah, cool, hey man, what right, up? It's but Ludacris never... ends up becoming a part of their group. Oh, That's actually a behind oh, the I'm scenes we have to figure out. Like, excited. how did Ja Rule lose out in this franchise? And... I think it's because he went to jail. Like, for real? He went to jail because he did some sort of weird embezzlement thing and had something to do with like investments. It was like a very white collar thing, if I understand. Um, and then he got out of jail and then he did the Fry Festival. Did Ja Rule do the Fright Festival or Ludacris? No, that was that was Ja Rule. Okay. So Ja Rule is just like regularly doing white collar crimes and just like bad investments. So. Well, let's call them bad investments bad as investments. opposed to crimes. Yeah, I looked it up <laughs> once. It's definitely on his Wikipedia page. I don't remember the full details, but I'm pretty sure Ja Rule went to jail for about two years or so because he like st- like stole some money or oh, embezzled Ludacris some money. Ludacris just or... snuck up and stole his Fast and Furious spot. Yeah, I mean, you can really... Because Luda's now been in there for like four or five films. Like, he's a legit member of the crew. Oh, that's awesome. I'm very excited because I do love a good... I mean, I love Ja Rule, too. It's very interesting. So, like, by the time we get... We just watched the first one. By the time we get to five, I think, when The Rock shows up, like, they're in South America and Brazil. What? It's like a legit... It's a legit crew assembly where they're like, we got to get the crew together. Like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Like, damn it, Dom, all right. Like, where do we sign up? And then, like... They're in this like you know Hollywood hangar where they're doing all of their their test drives. It's like a mix of Ocean's Eleven meets like Impo- Mission Impossible. It becomes so over the top, so fast, and I'm really interested to like see these quickly so that we could see how it the hype like the kind of uh, bell curve here where it goes from being this Point Break knockoff to and, like high budget, absolute high budget insanity where one of the movies they're like driving cars out of planes and then they're, they're oh driving God. cars from one high uh, skyscraper into another skyscraper like it, they literally every movie they double down they just double or nothing it's it's and they keep riding that high hand the hot hand just keeps bringing okay in i like returns. i'm i'm excited um i'm a little worried i'm also just kind of worried that the women characters are not going to get any better that's i think my main concern but also like let's do some ridiculous action i'm here for that um, i'll tell you they maybe they'll they get, get better, better from from episode okay one i mean I don't even the know. The first one was really bad, guys. Also, there's just like no ending. The plot just doesn't end. He gives him these keys and like that's the end of it. And it's I like, owe you a 10 second car. I, no. 
It's not a good line. <laughs> it's not a good ending. I'm sorry. It's like all these. Uh, I keep hearing it's like it's you know. Oh, he runs this. He runs a sick four forty. Like I have, I have no idea what that means. I assume it means like a good car. Four forty is like a four. 40 yard, four minute. I have no idea. It's like a football thing. Oh. Yeah. And this 10 second car is like, I want a car that can do X distance in 10 seconds. But you have to understand cars to get it. I feel like we could do some Googling before next episode if we really care enough to do so. Well, the but next no episode is Too Fast, Too Furious. We're calling them episodes, but they're movies. They're movies. <laughs> they're kind of like episodes, though. They're films. Yeah. I'm hoping that there's like an overall story arc for like a lot of these characters though because I really like that when that happens in in franchises where you get to watch them kind of grow especially if you're going to watch them quickly like one a week like there's an there's an evolution some characters come and go I think Michelle Rodriguez drops out for like two or three films and then realizes I think she actually was one of the more successful actors in the franchise and she drops out pretty early into the franchise mm. um because she's like screw this i don't need this film this franchise and then when they want her back and she was able to negotiate a fat check she's just like all right i'm back in and they write her back in uh and she's probably making good money at that point i hope interesting because it'd be interesting to look at their salaries for this in terms of particularly like how did they grow over time and particularly like how as michelle rodriguez's like maybe role grows comparing like her imdb to like the release there's also i mean and we haven't even gotten to the rock but like that's actually where the whole franchise in many ways kind of finds its footing of like what it wants to be or what it's becoming and also the rock and vin diesel allegedly allegedly have a lot of beef Um, which is why like the Hobbs and Shaw franchise kind of popped off on its own is that like they're trying to keep the the franchise going, but they're kind of trying to move away from Dom and Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker, because of of course, sadly Paul Walker passed. So they have to kind of like move it forward. I don't think they want to lean on Dom anymore. They want to have the option. I mean, the rock is so charismatic and like so ridiculous. Yeah, I also, like, they're just all getting old. Like, I can see yeah. Vin Diesel just being like, I want to go hang out with my kids and play Dungeons & Dragons because yeah, exactly. he's got a Dungeons & Dragons That's YouTube channel, jam. FYI. Yeah. Um, but, like, I could see him just being like, you know, like, I don't I don't want to spend all of this time to keep my body in shape because, like, that's a lot. Like, to keep, to keep Vin Diesel, like, like, same thing with The Rock, too. I think The Rock talks about needing to prepare for roles and, like, how much he- effort he needs to put in oh, to it. And how he works like, out hours every day. Hours and hours. Yeah, but there's, like, sometimes when you, like, see him, there's, like, stuff that, that floats around with, like, all of these guys who are really, really buff all the time. And, like, anybody who plays a superhero nowadays, yeah. um, you see them kind of when they're not preparing for a role and they're just kind of, like, wandering around with dad bod because yeah. it's just like, I don't want to be working out four to six hours a day i want to like spend time with my family and do all of these other things and sure. i think channing tatum calls it fappy he's like fat and happy it's like you also see it with athletes right like every mm-hmm. every athlete we watch basketball more but you see all these athletes and like basketball players once they retire and like fully legitimately like you don't have to be working out all the time you don't have to watch what you're eating all the time you've had a successful professional career so you're probably making some money and like have some money and all of a sudden you can just actually enjoy yourself and uh, they're like any middle-aged man. They just start putting on weight. <laughs> it just, it happens. Yeah. I think if anything, like, it's kind of funny watching, like, um, 
who is it Hugh Jackman and Robert Downey Jr. Like they're the same age as a lot of retired athletes, um, and they have to stay in more proximity to shape and like be able to drop and cut into shape because when they're doing films, whereas guys that are the same age, like I don't know, like um, would it be Chuck might be the same age as like Robert Downey? Chuck? Yeah. Um, you know, like Shaq and Chuck. Oh yes. Sorry, I was like, are we talking about a basketball player? I got big confused. mound of rebound. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're all in like their forties and fifties, and like Robert Downey Jr. is in his fifties, I think now. Mm-hmm. But and like Hugh Jackman's in his you know four. Like they're all at that age, but like as a professional athlete, that's just too old to perform. But as a as an actor, you can look good. And they just and all your body doubles are <laughs> twenty years younger than you, probably. Yeah, that's true. Um, so there's that whole thing. I feel like Tom Cruise has a way of defining defying time, though, because he... Produces is, his own films. He produces his own yeah. films, and also just I feel like he's one of those guys who just like loves to be fit. I don't know yeah. why I think that. That's just my gut feeling about him and his life and what I've seen behind the scenes of him, where he's like, yeah, we're going to do this, and we're going to... Like, there's all of these like moments in... Um, he's. I've heard a few stories. I mean, there's, there's public stories about him, and I have like a more private story that's not gone public um, about Tom Cruise and like meeting him. Because, you know, like a public one is like Bill Simmons talks about him and Jimmy Kimmel. There's like a whole crew of them. Jimmy Kimmel would invite mm-hmm. people over for football. Um, and of course, Jimmy Kimmel would like hire a professional chef to like cook for them. And it would be like, you know, 12 or 20 guys watching football. And one weekend, Tom Cruise showed up with his mom. Oh, that's and really they had like cute. baked cookies or something. Oh. And like the whole, they, they, they talked about it for years on their podcasts, various podcasts. But like, in in one fell swoop he was like the nicest most generous like sweet guy and he was also this guy who had no idea how men watch football together like it was this kind of strange like the and so he kind of reminds me like the more stories i hear about tom cruise the more i really think like he's extremely charismatic very focused and hard-working guy who loves what he does Mm -hmm. and is really like a nerd about it um and he's kind of an extreme guy and able to be so because of yeah. his success. But his success also comes from him being kind of a extreme, hardworking, charismatic guy. Yeah. And it's like that type of personality can seem crazy when you look at it in a specific slice, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is I think like like knowing what I know about and like kind of the like functioning and kind of witnessing the tangential kind of like outer bubble of of celebrity gossip i'm not like a super deep diver but Mm. you know i have facebook so it shows up and you see all of these kind of images of like people like the rock and channing tatum and um who's the guy from guardians of the galaxy chris pratt Mm -hmm. from like you know supposed to be very fun so like all of those kind of guys where it's like oh well have you seen his body lately and it's like (laughs) yeah he's off but like i never really see that stuff about tom cruise but also because i just think tom cruise is an intense human based on like what I've seen about him, but also like, we don't know these celebrities. He's also on a different level of um, fame, right? Like, like yeah. Tom Cruise is, is at a different level than all of the Chris's. In the, the Chris's. Yeah. He's, he's at the level where like, he can't go anywhere without being swarmed. Right. Cause he's Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's true. Um, really but you don't think that's the same about the Chris's. They're all superheroes now. They are, but there is a different level. Like I've heard, I've also heard about Dr. Dre and mm. Dr. Dre, like he, he like has an entire, um, workout studio that he can go into and they, sh- they shut down for him to work out in. 
Like, so when he wants to work out, like they shut down the studio or like he owns it and it's like just, just him Mm -hmm. and he'll invite friends to come with him if they want to work out. But it's because he's too famous. Like he's Dr. Dre. Yeah. And there are certain people like I like Taylor Swift is like that. Like it's not, it's not about necessarily, it's about just the fact that like you're, you're that level of pop star where anywhere you go, people are just going to swarm you and it's going to become out of control. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Chris's are quite at that. I think they have to be, obviously they're at a different, they're not at a normal person level of celebrity. Yeah. But I think they can get away with like doing certain things. Yeah. Putting like the low hat on and going out in public and possibly, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, It's interesting. It's interesting to particularly, it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of also the evolution of all of these like characters and also these actors since we're watching kind of their first movie that was I guess probably like their breakout role for people like Vin Diesel Paul Walker Michelle Rodriguez like I think this is really the franchise that they're known for so it'll be interesting to see kind of like how they either like grow into their roles how their roles kind of evolve also like I'm kind of excited to see how their acting evolves as well like do they get better writing who knows yeah and the writing writing. I don't know if it's the same writers for all of them we should probably figure that out the screenwriters are probably different but I know like the same producer like Mm. he's come on the Bill Simmons pod and he's like the same guy who kind of created the whole franchise. Um, yeah. I don't know who necessarily it was, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, and that's, what's funny about like watching like the more, cause I think I saw fast five twice. I think I watched that one recently. Um, and like, there is a whole different level because also, I mean, the budget is very different, right? This budget was good, but it wasn't like that- unlimited. That's, like, the interesting part, too, because, like, me and you have watched, uh, like, YouTube shows or whatever that, like, you know, was very, very, like, low budget. Mm-hmm. And then the second they got a budget, you kind of see all of these things change. Shift. Like, they all have, like, actual makeup artists and they have their hair done every time and you have all of this stuff. So I'm kind of interested to see how, like, the budget contributes to, um, like, a, like how they're being dressed and kind of, like, how they're accessing, like, the fashion and the makeup of the time. Yeah. And when I say, like, of the time, I mean, I know it's only the beginning of the 2000s, yeah, but, but it's, it's very pop, specific. Right? Yeah, pop changes really fast and um, and the quality of like everyone like what's interesting is when you have a when you have more production on a film like this the screenwriting itself you know you hire screenwriters mm-hmm. um the cinematographers like the dop like all the people you hire on set like you're saying the makeup artists the costume mm-hmm. designers they all, all of a sudden either you hire someone who's like more well known or you hire someone and give them a bigger budget to do what they need to do and yeah. so they have a team so like everything changes and everything becomes shinier and fancier and like yeah it's like all these kind of shots that we're seeing in this one and it it worked but it did feel like it felt like a kind of uh, this is it's kind of insulting but like looking at the franchise it felt like a first draft it was like okay this is a kind of thing okay now i have to cut away to the cops we're going to give a bit of exposition to like move things forward okay there's this scene okay we got that thing going okay we're going to hit this moment la 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 like we, we, like they hit the beats well like structurally they kind of got it it's the pilot it's the pilot it's, for the franchise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it is the pilot yeah, and it's like the first episode of Community where like they set up the relationships. Yeah. But it's also like the least interesting is setting up the relationships. Once the relationships are are hammered out, then it's more fun to play with. Cuz yeah. by the end Paul Walker like I don't know if he's even a cop by the end anymore. Like he's just one of the crew. This is what I'm saying is I'm like, I don't know how this movie ended. Like he just literally let a criminal get away. Like what is that going to do for his crew? Also, he's just a really bad cop. Like actually most of the cops in this entire movie are pretty bad. 
Um, even the guy who's the guy in charge, I don't know what his rank is, like whether he's a captain. He always plays like the very tall, deep voiced black man who's like part of like authority figure in terms of like um Are you talking about Agent Bilkins? Yes. <laughs> Agent Bilkins. Played by Tom Barry with yes. a T H O M. He's he was in a couple episodes of the West Wing. Um Oh wow, he was in Space Jam. Okay, guys. I also hot take. You guys should definitely rewatch Space Jam. He's also all. Mission Impossible. <gasps> and or sorry, no, Independence Day. Day. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, he was yeah. only like Oh, he was uh Michael Jordan's dad in the movie Space Jam. Anyway, you guys okay. should definitely Does a lot like, of TV it. it looks like. Yeah. Um but he's always like the cop or um like he's always like some sort of like authority figure um mm-hmm. or like really heavy politician. He's like the HUD secretary in um one of the West Wing episodes, which is one of the franchises that I know off the back of my hand. Um but even he isn't that good. He like he he could, like calls him. He's like, yeah, we're gonna go after these people because we have to. And then it like doesn't work out. And then he like tries to like blame his like like underling like Paul Walker for like the screw up. And I was like, dude, that is not leader like behavior. And also like he told you not to do it. <laughs> like. What do you... I'm well, so, so confused. So next up is Too Fast, Too Furious, 2003, two years later. The the, the synopsis here on, on Google says, former cop Brian O'Connor. Ooh, a, a rogue cop. So it looks like he's already out of the cop game. They've already realized, like, this is like the a point break Western. is we're done with the... We're done with the... Is called upon... Former cop Brian O'Connor called upon to bust a dangerous criminal, and he recruits the help of a former childhood friend and street racer who has a chance to redeem himself. I'm very confused because also like we also have like no background to to this like to to Brian O'Connor's like character. <laughs> and he knows like he randomly knows so much about cars. The first and scene we see raging. him is in a in a track and he's yeah. just he's just gunning the the shifting. And we're just like, oh he's a driver, he can drive. Yeah. And then after that establishing shot, everyone just makes fun about how he can't drive. Mm-hmm. But of course, he is good enough that he can like get close to Dom, which is why Dom respects him, right? He's also just like, he's got a lot of moxie. He's like, yeah, I'll give you my car. Here's my pink up. And I think like that's that kind of attitude is probably what endeared him to Dom. Because he's like, oh, this guy's like willing to go like all in. Like he's like, like he doing it for the respect. Some things are worth it, you know. Yeah, and you could see Do- that was one of those moments where Dom's like, mm. and he smiles. See, that's the thing is, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Sorry, I had to watch that. You guys, you guys could only hear that, but I had to watch that, and it was a little awkward. It was, it was a little amazing. <laughs> uh, the thing is, like, I, I was about to, I was about to say earlier, like, what if The Rock had been, or how, who would you recast? Vin Diesel as like what if you had started off with The Rock as Vin Diesel at the very beginning as Dom you know play put, put The Rock in there but the thing is that like and as it goes forward and as this as the franchise moves forward I think you'll see that like it makes sense that The Rock leads this ridiculous franchise mm-hmm. because this this franchise turns into one that The Rock is really appropriate for right. but in this first film you really don't want someone who's the rock. You want this kind of quiet Dom who's like, he just does a lot of his like quiet turn and smirk and be like, I'm angry, but I'm smirking. And like, I live one quarter mile at a time. And like that whole monologue he has. He's a cowboy. He's like literally like, like he's, I think you yeah. can, he's like very yeah. much like a Western right now. Cause you have like this guy who's like this outlaw. Yeah. And then you have like, um, Brian O'Connor, who's like this police officer, but he's mm-hmm. also kind of like, and like you could, you can, 
make an analogy that this is the Wild West and you have all of these kind of groups of people that are like kind of against each other and fighting for like the same thing. Oh my I. god, like we should do a remake of Fast and Furious, but it's a cowboy film. And you race horses? Sure. <laughs> in World War One, the they used horses in the war and they would race the horses when they were bored. The men would just like have horse races. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah. So sure. It would be a part of the Wild West that no one's ever seen or talked about. It's like, you know, they ride around in horses all the time and they have gunslinging and that you'd have to have a couple of like gunslinging moments, like a couple of duels. But be like, yeah, it's this whole part about cowboys that no one talks about is they race their horses. Yeah. Well, they are also ripping off like convoys of carriages or like a train of course yeah right you could have the like the only thing is what would your nas be for your horse would be <laughs> that'd some be the spurs or something <laughs> spurs or like have some sort of like you know like smelling salts <laughs> well because you could go to like the apothecary and be like this will make your horse faster and then it's like this whole like kind of like underground drug that you get on your oh horse to, it's like a, it could be a whole thing instead of blowing a gasket on your horse you literally like have to put a bullet in it because you're just like <gasps> horses Horses will run themselves to death. I know. Anyway, I'm pretty sure this is just a mod. I'm I'm now at the point where I'm just convinced this is a modern western. Also, because like all of the women characters are pretty empty and they're just there to look pretty. I'm at the point where I want to see a western Fast and Furious. I think it'd be absolutely great. I think you could almost do it, basically scene for scene. I just don't know what you'd change the racing to, but like I think you could actually just have the racing be the horses. Yeah, or like, carriages. You could have like the the. Like like chariots, like Ben Hur, like, <laughs> <laughs> like chariots, but not carriages, like race carriages, racing chariots. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't. You'd have to look into like were they racing? I, any they they had to be racing. People were born. They, they had were to be racing. racing. Definitely, they had to be racing. So you could definitely do a race. You could do racing with people trying to shoot each other off horses. Ooh, Ooh that'd be the dirty racers, right? Yeah. Like on a, on one of the on one of the more secluded bends. You have a dude just like try to shoot at another guy or something. Yeah, I think I think this can happen. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna write up a a treatment and I'm gonna send it to um, to Rob Cohen, Ken Lee, Gary Scott Thompson, and uh, who else are the writers of this film? Uh, you know, hopefully they'll really oh enjoy God. it. I think this is gonna be, you know, so Mr. Cohen, you know, expect a treatment coming. Um, what would we call it? Uh, Ye old fast and furious. I have no idea. I don't know. I feel it. Yeah. The Quick and the Dead. I think they already took that film. I think that film exists, though. Okay. The Quick and the Dead is a film. I think they were like. I mean, the name Fast and Furious feels like the Fast and the Furious feels like it is a kind of play on Quick and the Dead, though. No. Possibly. I also like. Part of me also just wants to see like clint eastwood as dom i feel like clint eastwood is dom <laughs> no in his like in his old like spaghetti westerns where he is like literally the dom character where he kind of doesn't really say a lot yeah and, like, yeah that's that's live my, who my, <laughs> live my life one quarter mile at a time yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't knock on nobody okay oh yeah okay <laughs> this is an incredible uh first step we have as i said we have like six to go or seven there's eight there's eight so we have seven to go there's yeah. a ninth one on its way well then there's uh, rob and hobbs, hobbs and, and shaw. shaw rob and dom hobbs and shaw yeah there's that one so we have a lot of films to get through yep um I th- as i said i've seen more of the recent ones i know i'm not sure how many i've seen of the original the old 
I definitely have never seen Tokyo Drift, but we're going to see them in chronological order. We're not going to talk about it after we watch. We're going to do a little pod after we watch to capture all of our feelings. There's many of them, I'm sure. What a start. What a start. Michelle Rodriguez, like, what a check she just cut for this one. She was really, like, really pushing it. She was doing great. There was absolutely no chemistry. It was just these two hard-ass people who were like, yeah, yeah. I, I really felt like this was a casting, like, the guys who casted for this film. And it I could find like, out who cast. Her character could only have been written like that by men. Like, it's like they didn't have, like, a woman in the room to be like, can we just give her maybe a little bit of a personality? It, it also just felt like, uh, yeah, you're, you're a badass. That, that works. Yeah. We'll, we'll screen test you on the first day. Don't look, worry about look, it. Look, she can work on cars. She's really cool. She's very much tomboy, but also very hot. Well, the thing is, she was a great casting and Vin was a great casting. It just sucks that they didn't necessarily work together. It's very true. Because by themselves, you'd be like, yes and yes. Yeah, it's true. I really, like, I, I wanted more from her character. I really wanted to... Um, this was still only 2001, so it's like... It's true. We made we gave you a Latina-type, not-white character who's a badass. That's enough. Shut up. <laughs> we gave it to you. Don't ask for too much. This is 2001. Okay. <laughs> Just have What do you want? Equal treatment? No. No, 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 no. Anyway, yeah, so uh, it's going to be a wild ride. Um, I also love that, so we're just staring at the IMBD. The last few like people on the IMBD page are just like, hot chick, uncredited, hot chick, uncredited. Oh, yeah, so like, thank you so much happy. to Vanessa Viola, Felicia Tang, uh, Angela Rockwood, uh, Hottie with the Body, Talia O'Neill, you know, uh, Julia Christina, Racer's Girlfriend, Asian Female, Sarai Koo. You know, all of you really killed it. Flora Huang, uh, Renee Garcia. There's just a lot of people who didn't really get their, their due. You They're wore really... that 90s, late 2000, early 2000s fashion very well. Um, oh, you, you made really the movie what it is. It. And they also established there, there are some key things that we're going to come back to in all these films. One is the cars. All solutions will be solved via car. Um, that's something that we're going to come back to. Another one is that there will be many hot girl montages at these race scenarios that we're going like, to, that's just a staple, has to come back, will always come back. Okay. Um, I want to ask you something before we go, because we, skip, we skipped over this. The race wars section, there's a lot of talk leading up to the race wars. Mm-hmm. We have that one race mm-hmm. that he loses the pink slip. Yep. Were there any other races at the race wars? Um, I think there was. Like, there was the montage at the beginning that was kind of showing what it was because I remember really, really liking the flag guy who's normally, like, a really, really hot chick, but in this movie, it's just, like, this kind of, like, tubby dad dude <laughs> who you thought who's was in a T-shirt. You thought was someone, like, really famous. You thought was Sylvester Stallone. I, he kind of looked like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone in a hat with a weird mustache, and he was the one that was, like, flagging people down to, like, tell them, like, you know, you can go, and to usually start, yeah. usually it's, like, some sort of, like, hot girl. Like, even in Greece, it's, like, a girl with a yeah. scarf, and, like, you have, like, this bikini babes like doing this and i was like i just kind of respected the fact that it was just this random guy who might have actually just been one of the stunt guys in a t-shirt who knows it might have been kind of a crew yeah yeah because you know you can't really put really famous people in front of really like fast moving cars so anyway um that he i remember seeing him more than once so i think it was like two or three times and we just like saw it as like a little bit of a montage um for the racing moment um 
because I remember seeing him kind of like tell everybody to go, yeah. and I was like, more of him, please. More of him. But it was, yeah, I don't I don't remember seeing like Dom or... No, they never raced. Because they were going to do, I think, the next day, because that's the big race, because they're the famous people, but then mm-hmm. they went and robbed the car, and then everybody got shot. Right. Because, but then there was, yeah, it's funny, because he's it's like, a, I want in on that thing. He's like, after race day, then we'll talk. But then they never actually, or race wars. Yeah, but then they had to go do this one job that was like really big. And they one last job. One last job so they could all go on vacation to Mexico. Yeah. Which was kind of great because like they kind of set up this whole idea of being like, yes, look how great and ingrained this like racing is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, look at, like, we go out in the desert and we have these race wars with like security that's like letting people in, which I don't understand because it's an illegal of anyway. At, a, at an army base. At an army base. <laughs> anyway, it's like nobody cares about Maybe the law. Maybe it was law. an Air Force base. An... Maybe it was like a, dr- a runway. Doesn't that matter. Makes sense if it was a runway. The law does not make sense in this movie at all. Oh, like, just What they wait. care about. If you think the law doesn't make sense now. I don't know if I... If Just I, wait. It's going to get even better. I'm excited. I'm excited to go through this journey. Yeah. But it was a good way for them having to not have to pay for doing a bunch of race wars and like pay all the like it was like so they were just like we'll just do this really kind of ridiculous stunt with these like four people in a semi truck. Also, I definitely remember watching a thing where they raised those semi trucks so the cars could go under them. Like that's not the actual height of a semi truck. Oh, did kids. they raise it? Yeah, there's like a whole I think YouTube video where like talking about where they do the special effects for Fast and Furious where like they had to raise the semis to have the car kind of go up and under. So this is it's a good. This is actually a film. That that is the John Wick of car stunts because mm. the car stunts in this first film, there was only like a few that were actually badass. One was the fully going under the semi swapping down, like like what mm-hmm. going through three lanes kind of thing in one move and they yeah. caught it. And that was like really obviously a very difficult stunt. And the other one is the barrel roll over Paul Walker's car when Dom get like, it's yeah. his car at the end, which is an awesome barrel roll, like over another car from right to left. Um, the stunts get weirder and crazier and eventually CGI. Right. I'm very excited, though. I like I, I was quite impressed with that because it's been so long since I've seen like, I guess, like non CGI stunts of right. that manner. Um, Good car so work. it was really interesting to see kind of that. And I again, I'm not a stunt nerd at all or anything like that. But I was just like, whoa, they're doing this for real. And I was like, I remember being surprised by that. Yeah. Um, which was pretty cool. Anyway, yeah, those are my thoughts about the Fast and the Furious as a newbie and for the first, as as a virgin viewer, mm-hmm. that is, those are my thoughts about the Fast and the Furious. Thank you. I'm excited. And uh, until until we're too fast and too furious, you know, we're just going to hold on to this moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll come back after we watch the sequel, 2003, Too Thanks Fast, Too Furious. Ciao, ciao. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all their bullshit. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free.